Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Margaret Pendo, and today I have the honor of introducing you to Gemma Totten. Gemma graduated in 2018 with a degree in environmental studies and a minor in Italian. She is originally from Southern California, but as we record, currently resides in Hawaii with friends and fellow alumni from Franklin. Gemma is a co-founder of a sustainable jewelry company called Chapter 6 Jewelry, which seems to represent her love for the environment, beauty, conscious consumerism, and activism. I'm super excited to learn more, so officially welcome to the podcast, Gemma. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Same. Thanks for agreeing to be a part of it. I'm very excited to learn more about your journey. So let's kind of start um, back in May when you launched an ethical and sustainable jewelry company with a fellow alum, Amit, called Chapter 6, like I mentioned. Firstly, congratulations. Amazing. That is just so exciting. And I was kind of wondering, just to start us off, I wondered what this company means to you. Thank you. Yeah, it's been such a beautiful process so far. And actually, both of us graduated together in 2018, and we had no idea what we wanted to do. But both of us had a passion for photography, for design, for creation, and for the environment. And so we knew that ultimately, whatever we ended up doing, had to encompass all of our passions. And I had had the idea to start a jewelry company where the designs that we created somehow were giving back to whatever that creation was. So our first collection is endangered animals. So creating animals where we would educate our audience on the plight of the species, why they're endangered, and then donating to a nonprofit. But we had absolutely no idea how to start a company, what we needed to do, any of the process involved. So we kind of sat on the idea. Um, And then both of us were traveling in Bali together and we kind of were at a loss for what was coming next. And we looked at each other and decided that we would try to start it. Um, So from there, it was just a process of figuring everything out. And I think that's where so much of our learning came from is deciding to stick to an idea and then just seeing what would happen. And so every obstacle that came up in our path, we just figured it out and solved it until we got to our launch, which ironically was at the height of the pandemic. (laughs) Um, So it was a really interesting time to be launching a jewelry company, but we had so much support from friends and family and customers and that was able to keep us afloat. So yeah, that's, it's a crazy time to be starting a new process, but I also feel like it's a really amazing time because there's so much like confusion. And so to have like this constant is really exciting. It's true. And also with our message of kind of chapter six, basically the story behind chapter six is that we're currently in the six mass extinction event known to the planet. And so we believe that although this is like a really scary truth through design and creativity, we can solve the problems that humanity is currently facing. Um, So this is just our small solution to that and a start. But that kind of narrative of our company was perfect with COVID where everyone was starting to realize like, wow, our systems are falling apart. Are we prepared for what's coming? Um, And kind of this chaos. And we were a voice of like, no, through design, we can create great change and we can make a difference. So no, that's super cool. And I mean, I feel like everyone says the smallest step forward is like the best for change in general and at large. So that's really exciting. And I was also wondering if you could kind of share more about the kind of 
creative process of creating this company, you know, whether that be designing or advertising, but also kind of the research and networking involved with this and just a little inside scoop of what that was like for you guys. Yeah. So as I was saying, neither of us had any experience. And so every single thing that we've learned has just been through trial and error. Um, But kind of my guiding quote throughout 2019 was the answer is always no, if you don't ask. Um, And so I kind of used that to push past a lot of fear of reaching out for help. So what that looked like was emailing other sustainable jewelry companies and asking them about their supply chain, um, asking them about their packaging and the problems that had arisen. And for every 10 emails I sent, I got two responses and that was all that I needed. And so I talked to some really incredible humans in that way. So I just kind of realized in that process to, to ask for what you need and someone will always respond. And I think that's the most empowering lesson that you can learn um, and can be applied to any business that anyone creates. So that was how we, we learned a lot of things in the supply chain part. Designing wise, I think that's probably both of our favorite parts. Yeah. We <laughs> just... We so he lives in Istanbul. On that, he goes back and forth between Istanbul and Zurich, um, and I'm between California and Maui. So it's definitely a very Franklin partnership <laughs> all around the world. Um, but our design for both of the collections, we're launching our second collection in August. So um, we just designed that this past February, but we've designed both of them in Istanbul. And we like to make it as beautiful and inspiring as possible. So going to our local cafe and getting coffee and just sitting for hours and drawing sketches, um, drawing inspiration from the people that we're watching across the street and movies and yeah, just the life around us, especially our environment and the natural world. It's really, really fun. I feel like people watching is such an underrated sport. Like, learn so much, not only about, like, what you want to wear tomorrow, but, like, also life's purpose, potentially, your jewelry and (laughs) Especially in Istanbul, people have the most beautiful style, and I feel like I've seen so many, like, characters there. Uh, It inspired, whenever I go there, I'm inspired to step up my fashion game and wear even more jewelry and create more eccentric pieces, so. That's, yeah, so when you guys kind of, get your inspiration do you guys talk about it or do you guys kind of draw and then show each other how does that kind of work Mm -hmm. so so far because our first collection was endangered we knew that there'd be animals so we started looking around at what animals are we seeing on a day-to-day basis birds and rats and whatever they are and then what animals do we really care about um, and feel connection to and so from there we would look for motifs of animals and paintings and like we tried to emulate their natural shape and form as much as possible in our first collection. Um, But I think that our inspiration is drawing away from that and we're moving towards interpretation of animals as well. Um, So yeah, we, once we decided on the animal, we would just find as many shapes as possible and versions of that animal and then draw them out together, go over them uh, but I think for both of us, we get a vision in our head. For example, the butterfly. Once we decided that we were going to draw a butterfly, I saw it in my mind. So then the task was more of figuring out how to put it onto paper mm, yeah. and really get that vision into the physical world. 
that's yeah. really cool. It must be really rewarding to be able to see something that existed in your mind actually physically here on earth. Like that is really great. It's, cool. it's the craziest feeling. Um, that's what's so cool about jewelry is it's so tangible. Um, so I look down at my fingers and on my neck and I'm like, wow, I'm wearing an idea that was in my mind. Like I brought that into the real world. So I think that's one of the most rewarding parts. Yeah, that's super cool. And you mentioned before that um, part of your profit actually goes to nonprofits. And I was wondering how you decide which nonprofits you want to kind of partnership with and what goes into that process. Yeah, so our first collection, Endangered, donates 10% to global wildlife conservation. And I found them through my uncle, actually, who is an environmentalist and has been in the space for a long time. And he put me in contact with them and said that they were doing incredible work in the conservation sphere and they would love to partner with me. And so that was a really easy coming together because I got on a call with them and they were super excited to work with me. And I think jewelry nonprofits are used to working with jewelry companies but they love the idea of it so it's something unique um and something that we're going to explore because it's just been a year but as we continue to grow the collection and work with them they're going to offer suggestions for species that they think need to be highlighted um so i'm really excited for that kind of collaboration part yeah that's yeah. cool that's kind of cool that you're actually able to collaborate with them beyond just donating to them and actually have like more of an interactive relationship that's really interesting and, and that oh sorry oh, that's the goal with our so our second collection it's plants mm. um that we're launching and we don't have a non we're talking to a few nonprofits right now so i'm actually in that process but that's also really the goal for this collection is how can we collaborate create content to educate our audience um and be more than just a monetary donation but really use the platform and the channel that i'm creating to educate people yeah that's really and so um actually for those of you listening i will include the um website as well as the instagram for the company um and I was actually kind of going on to the idea of like a channel or, or a platform. How do you, you know, create your vision through the, through the, through Instagram, but also through the website? So it takes a lot of work. <laughs> I can, <laughs> it looks fabulous. So I understand. <laughs> it's been a good challenge for our creativity as well, since it's a startup and a really beginning phase of a company but we took we've taken all the photography ourselves designed the entire website so it's definitely birthed from our minds and I'm excited for the day when we can outsource and hire other people to do it um, because I definitely have ideas that require a large budget but slowly and surely we'll get there yeah the, so actually we hired our first employee which is another Franklin alum um, Maddie Puchinska and so she is head of our marketing. So together we're working on a strategy for the social media, which involves creating templates and designs um, for the information that we're going to be putting out, creating a curated grid of all of our posts on the feed, um, interactive stories that will engage our customers beyond just buying a piece, but actually teaching them the story behind our jewelry. And then with the website, we look at the website as more of the place where people go to buy 
And then our blog is there as well. And the blog is kind of that connector of the behind the scenes of our photo shoots and the why and the how of all of our decisions as a company. Yeah, that's super cool. And I mean, I feel like listeners can definitely get the idea that you're a very artistic person, but I also feel like your kind of artistic expression extends to your Instagram, your personal Instagram, as well as your own photography, like you mentioned, but also kind of writing, at least, um, you know, especially in your Instagram captions, like you say some very beautiful things, I think. Um, So thank you for that. But I was wondering, you know, how or where you found your voice and how you continue to find strength in sharing your voice to the world. So I always loved writing growing up, but I don't think that I would have identified as a writer necessarily. I was really good at turning in essays and getting them done for school, but wasn't writing much on my own. And then after, while I was at Franklin, actually, I began an internship for a health and wellness magazine based in California. And they asked me when I was interning, do you want to submit an article for a magazine? And I'd never written an article before, but I just said yes. Yeah. Um, Why not? Like, I can write it. I know I can. And so that was another pivotal moment where I realized I was able to do something. And I turned this article in and it was in print, actually. Um, So it was like a really big moment for me. And from that point on, they kind of hired me as their staff writer. So I was writing articles um, and content for the magazine and did that after I graduated for a few months and then also submitted articles to other like freelance magazines online. So that's how I started to find my voice. But I've always been really passionate about speaking up for issues that I care about. And I think through writing, I can slow down and really get to the main point of what I want to say. Because I think so many of the things that we're facing today, whether it's climate change, um, COVID, natural disasters, all these things can really touch emotional spots in people and conversations. Um, And, you know, it's like leaving a conversation and you have so many more points to say. And (laughs) you didn't say any of them, but through writing, I can sit back and really get to the core of the message that I want to speak to. Um, But yeah, I'm always redefining my voice and trying to strengthen it and find it. But I guess it's speaking to whatever's true for me at that point in time and from direct experience. And then from there, I think it all just flows. Yeah, I like that idea. And like I mentioned in your introduction, you're actually in Hawaii. And you've been in Hawaii for some months now. And actually, before we were discussing, you know, hopefully you'll share the story of how you got to Hawaii and where you are. But I was also kind of hoping you could share how Hawaii has kind of contributed and shaped your perspective as well as artistic creation and how that all kind of blends together for you. Mm -hmm. Hawaii has had already such a profound impact on my life and I've only been here a few months but I think the craziest thing most beautiful I don't know if crazy is the right word but every person that I've met so far has a purpose 
Um, they all know what they're doing on this planet and why they're doing it. And so you meet them and you automatically drop into this space of how can I help you regenerate that land next door and plant seeds for a sustainable food forest? And oh, you hate plastic too? Like, let's go plant a beach cleanup. So to be surrounded by people who are so motivated um, to serve humanity has just been like beyond inspiring for me. And yeah, the natural beauty, <laughs> I just every day, I think it snaps me out of any anxiety, any fear that I have automatically into creation mode of like, wow, this is so beautiful. I'm so lucky to be here. How can I transmute this beauty into my work that I'm doing right now um, and the message that I'm trying to share? So, yeah. It's stunning. Like, I, it absolutely looks stunning. And I was hoping, um, I kind of teased it a little, but I was hoping you could share the story of where you're staying and how you actually got to where you're staying. So this is the craziest Franklin story ever that probably for any Franklin people listening, they're like, of course, this happens. But my life really, in talking to you now, my life is so Franklin still, which is beautiful. <laughs> Everyone I work with, live with. Um, but yeah, the land that I'm living on, I, not to get woo-woo, but this is the most sacred land that I think that I have ever been to in my life. And so it's just an honor to be here. But I live on top of a cliff um, with a private 200-foot waterfall um, Wow! on this gorgeous land owned by a woman named Wendy Grace who went to Franklin in the 70s and was one of the first classes at Franklin. Um, and she actually said that she helped decide the name for Franklin, that she remembers sitting in a room and going through a book and figuring out the name. But it's been the most kismet kind of coming together. My roommate, Akasha, who went to Franklin as well, um, came to this property for like a day art retreat and didn't know the woman who owned it. Her friend had invited her and then left and went to the grocery store and met a random man who she connected with who invited her over to do a sound bath. So she went over to his house to do a sound bath and this woman walked in and she was like, I know you. Um, and Akasha had just moved to the island like a few weeks prior. So she didn't really know that many people here. So she was like, hmm, I'm not sure that I know you. I just moved here. Like maybe I'm mistaken. And the woman was like, were you at the waterfall earlier? Um, to which she replied, yeah, I was. And she's like, that's my property. This is also my house. Um, so in the same day, she had ended up at two of this woman's property in different parts of the island. That's crazy. So they were like, okay, what's happening? So the woman invited her to stay for dinner. Um, and as she was eating dinner, she was like, where'd you go to college? What's your story? And so she started to explain like, oh, I went to this small school in Switzerland, like it was a travel school. And she looked at her and was like, did you go to Franklin? And they made that connection. That is um, crazy. Which is insane. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's going back a little. I flew, she called me Akasha and asked me to move here um, on a whim. And I was kind of at this point in my life where I'd always wanted to live in Hawaii, um, didn't have anything holding me to any place. So I booked a one-way ticket with no idea of where we were going to live or what was going to happen, zero plans. Uh, so we had emailed Wendy and asked her, is there any way that we could stay with you for a few days on your property? as we figure everything out. 
And she so graciously was like, yes, you may, of course. And then we got here and just fell head over heels in love with the land. Um, so <laughs> we haven't left and now we're renting from her and fully living on the property. So. That is such a beautiful story. I love it. And so does she live there as well or is she more transitory? She does not live here, but she comes to the property and we're all, we have poetry evenings where we sit and write poems together. It's so powerful. So That is super cool. That is really, really cool. And um, I was kind of wondering, you know, I, I know this is kind of random in terms of this story, but I wanted to kind of touch before we kind of talk about your future in Hawaii and also like with your company, I wanted to kind of touch on you being a yoga instructor because I think that is super cool and unique. And I was just wondering like what brought you to that profession in the first place and just what it's been like. Um, well, I don't think it's random at all because I credit my yoga and meditation practice with my ability to do all that I do. Um, it keeps me so focused and centered and focused on the positive at all times. So without it, I don't know who I would be, but I actually started practicing yoga when I was nine years old. Wow. Um, so I've been practicing for a really long time. And actually at Franklin, I would practice in my room. I went to the yoga studio in downtown Lugano. That's where I picked up my Italian. I would go to all the classes in Italian and tell people that I was trying to learn Italian. So they would all speak to me after class and ask me questions. Um, so it's just been a huge part of my life and my identity for so many years. And during COVID, my local yoga studio where I'd been practicing with these teachers since high school on and off, they offered a teacher training. So I was finally able to fulfill that kind of dream of becoming a teacher and immediately jumped into teaching. So I've kind of been teaching nonstop since I got certified in February, I think is when I officially graduated um, from teacher training. But I think, you know, my goals, I, I believe that all of the hurt that we do to our planet and to other people comes from a hurt within us. And so to truly heal, we need to look at all the parts of ourselves that are hurting or needing attention. And so I think yoga is one of the most tangible practices um, for tuning into our bodies and to our minds. So I definitely want to incorporate it as well into chapter six. Yeah, that's super cool. And so are you teaching yoga in Hawaii now or... Okay, cool. It, crazily enough, the property next door has a yoga studio. That is totally great, I feel. So I've been able to teach. I've been teaching virtually as well um, and actually doing a very Franklin class because I've been doing it to London and Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. So <laughs> I've been teaching my virtual classes. Um, and when I'm back in California, I'm going to be teaching in person as well. Nice. And so do you teach like any level of um yoga yeah okay cool i love all types of yoga so i kind of i ask my students what they're feeling and needing that day and we'll kind of base my class around those answers but sometimes it's a fast-paced vinyasa really stretchy flow and then other times it's super slow restorative meditative yeah, that's super. And so how do you decide on what yoga is best? Is it more of a physical kind of question or is it more of an emotional question of what you're feeling? Mm -hmm. That's changed so much for me throughout the years. But I think 
the goal of yoga is to be able to close your eyes and tune into your body and ask yourself exactly what you need um not what you want but really what you're needing in that moment and so some days it might be a hyper physical practice where you're getting out of your head and you're moving your body and you need that release um but other days you just need to slow down and get in your head um and feel those postures so yeah, i think that a combination of all of them yeah that's super cool and so kind of looking forward in the coming months you said you you might uh go back to california and teach some more yoga and i was just wondering like what is on this year's agenda for you um whether that be with your company your personal or your geographic location like what's up what's coming up you ready (laughs) i'm ready (laughs) i'm so ready (laughs) well August, I'm launching my second collection. Very excited for that. And then I've also been studying to get certified in LEAD, um, Leadership and Energy and Environmental Design, um, to become a green associate. Uh, And that's kind of the next career phase that I'm going into because as I've traveled throughout the world and seen poor development in all of these countries that I've been to, it's hurt my heart so deeply and realized that my passion for design and for the environment can be synthesized in sustainable development. So I'm kind of walking towards that career path. Um, and we'll see what happens with that, but I take my test in August. So I think it'll, it'll all comes out. We should know. So I'll get in the podcast description below to update the listeners. (laughs) I I was supposed to take it here and my internet was too poor to take it. So I had to reschedule it. So I'm ready. Um, But yeah, I'm kind of going to feel out. I want to design tiny homes and um, look at like hotel waste management. There's so many avenues that I can take with that. So I'm excited for it. Um, Teaching a ton. I host like a wellness events as well. So just continuing to host those. And then Akasha and I, my roommate, actually started a sustainable marketing agency. Um, So we've been doing that together for the past month. It's brand new. We haven't launched it yet, Um, but we're taking our time launching it. We already have clients. So we're like, we don't really need to like launch it if it's working. Um, But yeah, using all my passions for copywriting, photography, design, Um, everything I've learned from building a brand to consult sustainable and ethical businesses. That's super cool. That's really exciting. And you mentioned before that you're actually going to be living in Hawaii for a long period of time. And after my month in August in California, I'll be back here hopefully for the rest of the year. That's super exciting. I'm excited for you. Well, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast and sharing a little bit of what it's like to be you with all of us. It's really been a pleasure. I can't thank you enough. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I love everyone from Franklin. (laughs) Go Franklin. Yeah, go Falcons. Go Falcons. (laughs) All right. I'll I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.